Welcome into episode six of the Fourth and Winges podcast with your hosts Mark and Rob. Episode six, Rob. Who thought we'd get here? I know episode six already. I was just thinking that <laughs> crazy. It's. Crazy. Um, I think I don't know why, but I think that it's it seemed ages since we recorded the last one um, to me. Yeah, it has actually. I've been thinking all week. God, it's mm. ages since we did a podcast. It's like, well, no, we did one on like Wednesday and then Sunday last week or something. But it seems yeah, to be last week. Um, so episode six, what we've got, what we're going to cover today is we, we obviously for those regular viewers, we did our fantasy draft last Sunday. So we're going to quickly kind of recap that by just giving out, handing out some draft grades because, you know, we're, we're the experts and all that. So we're going to, absolutely, yeah. we're going to do that. What we say goes, if yeah. we say your draft was rubbish, your draft was rubbish. <laughs> so apologies to those people who maybe don't get the no. grade we're hoping for. No apologies. <laughs> be better at drafting be better at drafting yeah then we're gonna we're gonna do that then we're gonna um look at the, what what has been obviously the biggest news story uh, of the last sort of seven days is just the release of the nfl schedule so we're going to talk through that in a bit of detail and um, obviously always exciting when you when that comes out and you get to see who your team's going to be playing week one and, and stuff like that so so we're going to touch on that a little bit and then what we're also going to do now that we have the schedule and we've had free agency and we've had the draft pretty much that the meat of the off season has kind of been done now so we're going to look at what our way too early kind of divisional picks are really we're going to go through and see who we think are going to win each of the divisions um we've um we've done that and then we can have a chat about that and who briefly i guess at this stage who we might think um, would go on and win the super bowl potentially um so yeah that's and then i've got a little bit of a whinge of the week as well so we'll do that at the end um so yeah, and we're going to try this like 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 always. We're going to try and get this in in under an hour um, today, and I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll happen. Um, so with that, um, let's kick off with the with the draft grades then. So for anybody who's new to this episode, welcome. We 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 we've got a dynasty fantasy football league, and we held our um, veteran draft a few months ago. We had our rookie draft the the last Sunday, which where we did a live we did a live stream, which was interesting. Um, I forgot to make a trade in that, but never mind. <laughs> but um, we, um, so we did that. It was a lot. It was a lot going on for us to kind of be hosting this and doing the draft. But all in all, I think it, I think it went okay. Um, we certainly didn't between us have the worst draft. I didn't think, um, which, will, which will be apparent when we go through the grades now. Um, so, do you want to? How do you want to do this? Do you want to kind of go through yours first and then mine, or do you want to pick a person and and, and see? Yeah, I'm happy with that. I mean, I'll go through mine first, if you like. As Matt's at the top of the show, obviously, this is factual that we're going to talk about <laughs> now. Um, so there's no argument with it. Mark and I are obviously correct, and uh, everybody else is an idiot. So um, that's how it goes. Uh, so just to start with me, I've given myself an A star. Um, <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I, so the person I've given the highest grade to, actually, is Girth. Um, considering at the end of our last podcast, we asked him what he was doing. I think he uh, he did pretty well, to be fair. So just just looking at his draft, um, sort of picking the bones out of it, really. So he took um, Travis Etienne uh, at fourth. He took Jalen Waddle eighth. Justin Field with the third pick of the second round. Mike Parsons with the ninth pick of the second round. Zayvon Collins with the ninth pick of the fourth round, and then uh, Patrick Satan uh, with the seventh pick of the fifth. Um, so for, in terms of his best pick, I thought that was probably Justin Fields. The value got there. Worst pick was Patrick Zatan, which uh, reasons anybody that's listened to Mark and I before. Um, just picking top-tier quarterbacks uh, in fantasy, I don't think works because they 
they don't get targeted and they don't get the opportunity to influence the game. But um, just sort of not to dwell on that, um, I thought ETN, I'd have probably gone Williams, as, as I think you you probably would, Mark, um, just in terms of landing spot and um, all of that. Uh, I thought Waddle was, yeah, good value at eight. And then Fields, I think we both probably had him taking Fields in the first round in sort of when we tried to mock it through. Yeah. And then um, for me, he got uh, sort of the two best linebackers, possibly, arguably, um, in the draft with Mike Parsons, Evan Collins. So um, I've given him an A overall for that. So well done, Gerth. Part of the back to you. Yeah, I, I thought Gerth had the strongest draft as well. Um, I gave him an A, a plus. Um, and yeah, as my notes kind of say on screen there, I, I love it. The only way for me it could have been better is, is Satan if he'd have picked somebody else at that pick, yeah. maybe a safety. Or, or one of the wide receivers. Yes, he got a wide receiver earlier, but I think there was some there was some good value still at that point at the wide receiver uh, position. So I think that. Other than that, I, yeah, I agree. I think it was a really, really good draft. Um, he he picked up. Um, <laughs> well, I suppose you could say he picked up two wide receivers in Etienne and Waddle, because isn't Etienne going to play, play play wide receiver for the Jags this year? Apparently. Yeah, absolutely. What's wrong with that? For <laughs> anybody um, that missed that. Um, Urban Meyer came out and said uh, Travis Etienne is going to take all his snaps at rookie minicamp at wide receiver. Um, so th- there you go. The more, the more, the more I hear about Urban Meyer and his plans for the Jags, I'm not so sure this is a good move, mate. To be honest, um, <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. Girth, Girth for me was was the top um, was a top draft for me. Um, Who have you got? Who have you got second on your list? So second on my list, uh, I had, well, I, I kind of had people tied and then I tried, kind of tried to move it around. So I gave Tom an A minus, I gave Ash an A minus, I gave Gaz an A minus, and I gave you, Mark, an A minus. You'll be pleased to know. I know you oh. hang on my every word and you need Absolutely. my um, approval of all of your picks. Um, I just, I was going to touch on Gaz, actually. That sounded weird, not in that way. Um but so, so he didn't really have that many picks because he, tw- yeah. he traded quite a, quite a few of them away. Um, but the the ones he did have, I thought he did well. Um, I tried to sort of factor in the trade. So earlier on in our, it was a big bone of contention in our fantasy chat that he absolutely fleeced Tom for uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, so he used uh, good use of his first and second round pick there to get McCaffrey on board, I thought. Um, and then he only had... Four picks, as I say. So he picked four, 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 eight, five, two, and five, three. Um, four, four. He took JOK, uh, who I know I've just said. I think Gerth probably got the best two linebackers, but on my board I had JOK first. Uh, four, eight. He took Adafe Owe, uh, who I think we spoke about. wasn't really getting all the sacks in college, but all the skills are there. His athleticism is, you know, all of that. So I think he could be an absolute game wrecker. Uh, Larry Roundtree, five, two. I thought that was a that was a smart little pickup. Potential he could start. And then um, the Emir Smith-Marset, he picked with 5-3, which again, you know, going into that Vikings team, they've got uh, obviously Thielen and Jefferson, but behind that, I think there's a chance he could he could take, you know, get some targets and, um, you know, be a decent pick at sort of a, at that pick, really. Um, but I, I did, I, I tried to factor in the trades, and that's probably why I've boosted him up a bit there. Uh, he did also trade with me prior to the draft um, and picked up uh, Zeke for, ne- for next season as well. So, um I think overall he did he did pretty well there. Yeah, um, and and probably what we're seeing here because I I had him as a as a C there, but I think what I've done here is I've messed up and actually I he must have traded that pick then because uh, I had um, Girth taking 
JOK, which is why I've uh, not given him as a higher grade as, as you have. Um, but let me check that I'm, I'm no, right. no, no, I've just checked it. You are right. You are right. Um, In your face, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe I wouldn't give Gareth an A+. Plus. After all, maybe I'd just give him an A. Um, right, okay. And, um, and then, yeah, Gareth, probably I would have him, because I gave him a C at this point. And, but what I didn't do is I didn't factor in the, the trade for McCaffrey, to be honest. I didn't kind of, I probably should have done, but I, but I didn't. I was just looking at the picks and uh, and stuff. So I only gave him gave him a C. But no, you're right. I think with with JOK and with Oway, you've you've got um, definitely two high potential people there. And then when you factor in that he, he essentially looked, traded his first and second pick for Christian McCaffrey, um, barring injury, he's got a top three running back there. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, good, good value, good value from, from Gareth. Um, I think we the next one. Um, I guess that we've got a little bit of difference on um, is Chris's pick. Um, I think you've you've dinged her for a, a <laughs> middle of the round um, pick of somebody who wasn't even a rookie. Um, clearly, problems with this with the sleeper app there, where they have they still have players who were rookies last year that didn't actually play a game marked as rookies. Um, and um, so I don't. I, I've spoken to her, and she can't give me an answer as to why why she took that player in uh, <laughs> middle of the round. I think she's just gone a bit mental, to be honest. Um, but you, you've dinged her a bit for that. But outside of that pick, I mean, she that was an extra pick that she had from an earlier trade. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think, or at least it was an A pick that you know it was a seventh pick of the draft, if you like. Um, for the six players that she did get that are still on the roster, I think. Uh, I think are really good and Definitely. i'm gonna say that though because because at the end of the day a lot of her football knowledge comes through me chatting away and giving my opinion so obviously some of the if she's picking players that i talk about then obviously i'm gonna like them so it's maybe a bit inflated on that basis but you know carter frymuth powell uh, Ojalari, we know I like him. You know, Jibril Cox, even in, in the sixth round, I think he could, could could potentially be starting this year, as early as this year, and be a tackle machine. So I think she's got, um, you know, she's got, she had a really good draft. Oh, um, definitely. I mean, Jibril, to get Jibril Cox in the sixth, I thought was fantastic. I think I probably had her best pick as Michael Carter, really. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. A great pickup at the start of the second. Smith, I have my concerns about, but you know, you look at where he's going in other rookie drafts, he's going top five, top six, you know. Yep. So to get him at the end of the round, good value. I know we have our worries about that Eagles offense, and I have concerns yep. about his, his size and his weight. But, um, you know, Eisman Trophy winner, you can't can't really pass. No, that. and I think certainly the concerns about the, the quarterback player, the Eagles, I think probably only for 2021 because yeah. they'll have to either he'll either we'll be proven wrong or he'll be really bad. They'll be picking early. They'll get a quarterback next year. Problem solved. So, so yeah, longer term, I think um, there's definitely, you know, the potential there for, for Smith to be really good. Definitely. Um, anybody um, else that we've not touched on there? So I, I, well, let me, let me give you my opinion of, of you can see on screen here. I thought that'd be good if we gave each other our opinions. And then yeah. um, I think there is one person we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, as I said, they're on screen there for anybody viewing it on on uh, on YouTube. Um, what the, what grades we gave people? So I gave you Rob. I actually was um, that was this was the same as I think you gave yourself, kind of a B plus. For me, it, it was a it was a good draft. 
um, especially given that you didn't have a first round pick. Obviously, you did a lot of wheeling and dealing, like we've said. And the big, I guess, the big talking point coming out of this, really, from your point of view, is you had a good draft, a good solid B plus draft, but you also have umpteenth first round picks next year. So obviously, you did you did some dealing, wheeling and dealing, and, and whatnot. In terms of who you took, Rondell Moore. Um, I really like him as a prospect. We talked about him before. In theory, he's in, in a really good landing spot in Arizona. So from a fantasy point of view, he could be really, really good. I do have some slight concerns over Kingsbury and the fact that this year's a really, really it's going to be a really telling season for him. And yeah. it, it, either they will be better than people expect, or he probably will be looking for a new job next year. Not because they've totally underperformed, but I think they're just kind of they're not going anywhere. They're kind of stagnant and they're not what people thought or expected from him in that offense. So it could be make or break and Rondell Moore could be a reason why they, they do really, really well. Um, but I still think your best value pick is Marshall. Um, love Marshall. There were some mocks that I did where I was taking him in um, in the second round. I even contemplated him one, taking him in the first round. So to get him in round three, um, I think he's an absolute steal. Um, really do. So I think that's a really good pickup. Then I think you went um, with, with um, some a mixed bag to a degree, but but I still think again there's val there's certainly potential to have real value there. Tuba Hubbard, Trey McKitty is use your tight end that you you were adamant you were getting at some point in this draft by hook yeah. or by crook, um, and then Javion Hawkins. We talked about you know I was kind of high on him. Um, he. He went undrafted, didn't he? And, and he did and, go undrafted. So, so, so for so some nice may see that as a bit rich, given that he was undrafted. But I think the talents there and the it potential... was mainly due to his some some things in his personal life and some yeah. stupid things he's done, not necessarily his talent level. Why he yeah, absolutely. He's just in a great situation there that we've discussed. Yeah, ab absolutely. So I think I think um, yeah, solid solid draft. I gave you yeah B plus. Thank you. Middle, very, middle of the. Kind. Not necessarily middle of the road. I think you were top five. What you one, two, three, four? Yeah, top five. Um, no, I'll take it. I mean, I stuck to my board. I was, I was very pleased, like you said, for Marshall to still be there. I was in an hour and overtaking Marshall or more uh, at two, two ten. Yeah, uh, and then to take more for Marshall still to be there on my next pick. I was absolutely, you know, I was yeah. made up with that. Um, I've liked Tuba Hubbard. I liked him. Not necessarily last season. He wasn't as good, but the season before, he was, he was another level. If he'd have come out after that season, I think he'd have been. Uh, you know, talked about in the same breath as Harris and uh, and Etienne and Williams. Um, he's not in an ideal spot, but I just sort of uh, I had a point on his talent and the fact that you know McCaffrey's been a bit banged up recently. If that doesn't work out, he's in line to get the majority of the carries there. So yeah, I, I kind of dinged myself for that. That was probably a bit high. But I even um, even think on the McCaffrey front though, he plays again like Etienne was going to do in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I guess he plays like, quite a few snaps at wide receiver, so there's a the chance that they're both on the field at the same time. Um, there is. I, I think really I should have probably yeah. taken the best IDP available at that point. So I should have possibly taken JOK or Collins. Really um, was what I've kind of dinged myself for. And then, but yeah, McKitty. I was always going to take McKitty. I was yeah. I was tempted to take McKitty uh, in the start of the third. To be honest, just <laughs> because I. Wanted him. Just because you wanted him, yeah, absolutely. But no, you, you, I think you did a decent job of sticking to your board, like I said, and plus, plus the picks that you've got for next year. I think you know, solid. Yeah, I'm very happy with next year. I hope we we last longer than a year doing this league, otherwise I'll be gutted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it needs to run for a few years, doesn't it? To, yes, to, see, to see the strategies and all of that come into play, because you know everyone can have a. We've we've had our first draft, um, uh, which is 
you know, pretty much like just doing a redraft league. Anybody could win it, depending on what happens in the season. What's different, obviously, about the dynasty is that we're looking further ahead, so we want it to run for a number of years, so we can, yeah, you know, can rise to the top, rise to the top, so to speak. Um, Hold on, there is somebody at the door. Which is why the dog came in. So. We've got a special, uh, special guest on the show today. I'm gonna, you, you, you might just have to vamp, and I will, uh, I will go get the door, and we can cut this. No problem. So, um, kind of, yeah, we've talked about girth and and Chrissy's uh, draft. Another, another one that I, I had really high was was Tom's. Um, I gave Tom a, I gave Tom an A minus, so he was kind of third in my rankings of the draft. Had the number one overall pick. So there's some pressure there not to screw that up. Um, he took the person that that pretty much everybody seemed to be after, who was Kyle Pitts at tight end. So that's 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 you know a solid pick. If he turns out to be, you know, um, a top five tight end in the league, then then well worth that value um, at number one overall. Then then Tom went on and picked Zach Wilson, who was my top rated quarterback um, at the start of the second round. Well. Pick 14, so kind of midway through round two. And then to also get Amon Ra St. Brown in, in round two as well, you know, was good um, good value. Kenneth Gainwell at running back in round three, and then two defensive players a little bit later on in the draft. So, yeah, all in all, I gave Tom an A minus. Really liked that draft. Um, yeah, very solid. Um, so then. Um, so we've touched on Girths, Chrissy's, Tom's. Um, how do you think I did then? Go on, get. Um, oh, he's gone. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll carry on um, with 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 Ash for me. So Ash, um, I gave Ashley a B. Had quite a few picks. Um, seven picks in all. One, two, three, four, five, seven. Yeah, seven picks. Um, can't do the maths. So he had seven picks, picking two running backs in in. In early in round in round one, with Najee Harris and Javante Williams, to say I was a little bit gutted um, picking at number six, and and Ashley took uh, Javante Williams at five. To to say I was a little bit gutted is a bit of an understatement. I I desperately wanted um, desperately wanted um, Ashley to um, to to. to, to to not to not do that and um, yeah to pick to pick Williams just there was, was a nightmare for me, um, but um, I'm not surprised because uh, there was a little bit of a need there at running back and to get the top two running backs in this draft you know was was shrewd bit of business really thinking about it. Um, I what I especially like there, he basically swapped Josh Jacobs for the G Harris, which I think yeah. was a you know, fantastic piece of business. That yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I, so I think. You know, yeah, solid, solid, solid draft. Um, not the best, not the biggest uh, Bateman fan um, personally, and I didn't think his uh, landing spot was was the greatest. However, again, to get um, to get somebody like Bateman uh, pick ten, I thought was you know it was still there's still potential for it to be a really good pick there. Trey Sermon, a lot of people rate him a lot higher than I do, but still, again, good value for. For running back there, maybe is there a need for all three? Possibly not, but I still think you know there's value there. And and running backs, if running backs turn out well, they're a huge commodity in fantasy. There's there's every chance that they could be traded away for for future picks and things like that. So there's definitely still value there. Um, yeah, definitely. And then and then Russo and Moses, 
defensively in round four and five were, were, were pretty decent value where he took them. The only question mark really for me that didn't have him as maybe the best draft was 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 that pick in the sixth round, Dwayne Eskridge. I don't rate him that highly personally. Um, Seattle, obviously Ash is a Seattle fan and he, he went to Seattle, didn't he? So maybe there's a little bit of home bias there, but um, he, he would be the only real question mark for me there because I think if he hadn't he hadn't have taken him, he could have got him, um, you know, afterwards as an undrafted player or something it like that. It was the last pick of the draft. In yeah, well, true. Yeah, to be fair, it was the last pick as well. So maybe I'm giving him, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh, but um, yeah. Uh, I heard you sort of discussing Toms as well. I too like Toms. Um, I think yeah. the only thing I dinged him for on that was that game well was good value. Um, he, he took him on Ross and Brown very high. Uh, I think he took him at two seven two eight. Uh, and it, at that point, obviously, I was met up because there was still Rondell Moore and Terrace Marshall left mm. on the board. I understand why he did it because, in theory, he's going to be seeing a lot of the field. But they could still be the number do one. Have... Could be the number one wide receiver there. He could, but I mean, they have Prashad Perryman, they have Tyra Williams, who I don't think are amazing, but, you know, they are NFL wide receivers. They've got Quintus Cephas, who they drafted last year, who they obviously like. Um, and I think there's probably a reason why St. Brown did drop a bit. I think he, he didn't get picked to the fourth round. Um, it's very, very harsh. And, I, I, you know, you're doing it for upside. You know, will Jared Goff be there next season? Possibly not. They've fixed their offensive line potentially with uh, Panay Sewell. If you look at the future, then yeah, it could be very bright. That was just a, a minor, minor niggle because I had to niggle him somewhere. I couldn't just <laughs> tell him. Well, I, I, I was maybe higher on Emon Ross and Brown after the draft because because I'm a total and utter geek. I've already started looking at 2022 draft picks, so I've been looking. There's a quarterback at USC who's probably going to be coming out next year, who's been appearing very high on draft boards, and I'm like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. So I started looking at him recently, and obviously you're looking at a quarterback for a team. You get... Um, is it Slovis? Or... Yeah, Keaton yeah. Slovis, yeah. And, and, and because I was kind of looking at some of his tape, I then obviously saw... Amon Rasent Brown popping up everywhere because he was his number one wide receiver and actually looked probably better than I was giving him credit for going in. So, um, and I think also though I have a bit of a, I think I went into the draft with a bit of bias because his brother Equinemius Saint Brown um, was drafted by the. Uh, by I the, did not know that was his brother. Right. Yeah, okay. That's his, that's his brother, and then there's a third oh, wow. brother in college, I think. So yeah, oh, Equinemius okay. Saint Brown. I drafted him in the powerhouse days when I was playing on that, and he was absolute garbage. Um, so I think I, I probably dinged him and Rassent Brown a little bit because of that um, as well. Was yeah, right. just hasn't lived up to things. So. Conscious of time, um, shall I quickly yeah. run through what I thought of yours and then we can touch yeah. on uh, the one we wanted to touch on. Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I, I think I, um, I feel like I say this all the time, but yeah, I thought you had a, you had a really good draft. It, it is difficult because... As we saw in the previous podcast, my board and your board were fairly similar. So I think I was kind of predestined to like your draft. Um, I know you'd be disappointed with Javante Williams, but to pick up Jamar Chase at six overall, I thought was incredible. He's going to be awesome for a number of years. He's going to outlast any running back he could have picked there. He's going to be catching yeah. passes for the rest of, you know, for a good 10 years yet. So I thought that was incredible. Uh, I was very, very pleased for you getting Elijah Moore. We, we both liked him, I think. Before the draft, or the sort of few weeks before the draft, I was hoping Elijah Moore might fall to two ten to me, and then you know as we moved closer to the draft and the draft. That was happened, never. 
that was never going to happen. Nah, it was never going to happen. <laughs> I was just living in Flanders. Because he was, he was always going at uh, two five if he got. <laughs> to yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I will just uh, Nick Bolton. I maybe thought there were better players out there than at linebacker than Bolton, and I know you've picked him because. He's at the Chiefs and, you know, there's a massive need of the Chiefs yeah. who's going to see the field all the time. I just thought there was yeah. potentially others available that, that you could have taken um, if I was being harsh. Um, and then, yeah, I thought Josh Palmer in the fifth was a great pick because he's going to have um, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league and Justin Herbert throwing to potentially Quitty Pay again. He's just going to start at the Colts straight out of the bat. Yeah. They're, they're desperate for help at um, defensive end. And then, yeah, Andre Sisko. As we discussed, he, he gives up a lot of plays, but who cares? It doesn't matter in fantasy because as long as yeah. he gets those takeaways, gets those interceptions, etc., then great. So, yeah, I thought he's very good. The only thing I was going to ding you for was you do have a, to me anyway, I don't know what you think, but you've only got four running backs on your roster, uh, two of which are Jamal Williams and um, Devin Singletary. Yeah. It might, it, Williams isn't going to start. Singletary is going to be a timeshare with Zach Moss. So I just... Yeah. I wondered if you might just have targeted. And I know you were going to with Javante Williams, and you were you were in a bit of a tough spot, really. But um, yeah, the, 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 I mean, my, I had I had three, well, four four running backs with round one grades um, in the top three in the top four that went: Carter, um, Harris, Williams, Etienne, uh, and Etienne. Sorry, Roger <laughs> Um And um, outside of that, I, I'm. I think throw a net over the rest. They're they're all yeah, very definitely. similar to me, and I did just didn't see the value. I did have I do have a huge need at running back, um, I, and I'm aware of that. But what I hope to is if I stay injury free, I've got Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley. So oh, absolutely, no one's going to be starting ahead of them anyway. No. So as long as they stay healthy, I'll be fine, and I'll be looking for running backs obviously next year. Um, yeah. And like you say, yes, I wanted Williams like. I, I would I'm desperate for Williams, but Ashley's probably done me a favour in the long run. I think I touched yeah, on it at the time so. because I think actually Jamar Chase, from a fancy point of view, probably will be there for longer and, and all the rest of it. And I had more of a need at wide receiver two, three um, than, than running back three. So, yeah. Um, so then I guess my guess here is that the other person you want to talk about is is Mr. Matt at Sean. Um, Indeed. Um, so yeah, Sean. Sean um, was picking. What was he picking? Um, one, seven seven. In, round, yeah. in round one. Yeah. Um, so he, this is his draft as as it happened. So first round, he took Mac Jones quarterback. Round two, he took Trey Lance quarterback. Round three, he took two players. He took Brevin Jordan, the tight end, and Tylan Wallace, wide receiver. Then round four. He picked somebody who I'd never heard of in Josiah Bronson. Then in round five, he took Kyle Trask, quarterback. And then in round six, he took Aaron Donker, who, again, I've never heard of. The international player pathway player. Yeah. So, so I think there's two, there's, there are two kind of standout points where I've, well, we've probably both dinged him here. And one is that this league is only a one quarterback league. And he already has, um, I think he has Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I totally understand picking a rookie quarterback that you're really high on. And for me, that was Trey Lance yeah. from a fantasy point of view. Not in real life for me, but in fantasy, Trey Lance for me was the number one quarterback. So his pickup of Lance in the second round, I think, stunning. 
Yes. Really yeah. Valid. But for me, that should have been his round seven pick and he shouldn't have been touching another quarterback. Um, there's just no need there unless he's thinking longer term trade value. That's the only saving grace for me is that if if two or more of these quarterbacks pan out really well, he's obviously got trade bait for going forward. But I do think he could have helped his team for the next year or two yeah. much more um, by by some of his picks. Tyler Wallace, I think he's a decent decent wide receiver, but he's going to Baltimore and he's not going to see too many catches, even if he was the number one wide receiver in Baltimore, let alone the fact that he's probably going to be the number three or number four. Um, Kyle Trask's not going to see the see the field, as we spoke about. And um, and then, yeah, the two defensive players that he took. I mean, again, we may get this really wrong and he may know something that we don't, but I, I never heard of either of them. So for me, I can't award great value if I've just never heard of them. So, so if I gave him a C minus, and I think you gave him a gave him a D, didn't you? Yeah, I gave him. I mean, yeah, if he'd have picked, yeah, Trey Lance at, at two seven, great value, like you said. Uh, if he'd have taken him at one seven, I'd have been absolutely fine with that. Uh, there were still some great players on the board at one seven, even at two seven. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. he'd have had a, he'd have had a really good choice um, yeah. to do it. I, I can kind of understand the Trask pick in round five if you've only taken one previously. If he's still there and you think he's going to start after Brady and you yeah. know hedge your bets a little bit, I understand that. But Brevin Jordan, I thought was a good pick. He landed a good spot in Houston. Uh, he might, you know, if you've got a need at tight end, he might play, but. Yeah, some of it was just, it was, yeah, staggering. He, 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 you know, he's not helped himself at all this year and maybe not even next year. Um, yeah. No. Like you say, we could be totally wrong and it, it could be the right thing to yeah. do. And there is that future trade value. But I couldn't yeah. have him have a passing grade, I'm afraid. So uh, I'm sure he'll be <laughs> well, absolutely I, beside himself yeah. if he ever hears this. So. Between, <laughs> between, obviously, all those millions of viewers that, that are watching and then yourself yes. here, I, I'll say that. I did. I did send him a message after the draft to say, "Well, clearly Mac Jones is your preferred quarterback. So what? What's Trey, Trey Lance worth worth to you?" And I tried to uh, see see if there was any um, way I could I could maybe get Lance from him, but um, he's not responded to me yet. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. <laughs> but yeah, Thanks. so that's um, that's pretty much kind of um, sums up the draft um, mixed bag, but. Um, you know, some people did really, really well, and I was kind of okay with mine. I think you were, you were kind of, you know, I was very pleased. Yeah, pleased with yours. So yeah, we'll see. The 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 proof will be in the pudding moving forward. Um. So next point, then we wanted to talk about. We um, let's get rid of that. The NFL schedule was released on Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Technically Thursday, I think, but on Wednesday in America. Yeah. So um, do you want to um, do you want to kind of lead off on that front in terms of um, you want to talk about like the primetime games and things, didn't you? Yeah. So I just pulled out some interesting little sort of nuggets out of it, really. So uh, not necessarily games themselves, but number of primetime games that, that teams have. There's the most that any team has is five. There's obviously the usual suspects in there, like you would expect the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bucks, you know, recent success, America's team, all of that. Um, we were talking before the pod started you've got the Steelers in there we've got five primetime games I think they're going to be terrible this season so I'm, I'm not really seeing that um it's been one you've got Seattle in there who I understand but um as we'll get on to I maybe don't think as highly of them this season um 
with four games, you've got the Bears, the Vikings, the Raiders, the Colts and the Bills. So I think the Bills have been slighted a little bit there, you know, given what they achieved last season. Uh, the Bears, I think, could be good value just with, um, you know, Field starting. If Andy Dalton starting every game, then uh, I really want to watch that. The Raiders, I mean, now the Raiders have got four games. I've absolutely staggered. Uh, I'm sure Adam will be too. I don't think there's any need to apologise there. Um, three games, the ones here that stand out, I mean, the Cleveland Browns. They were, you know, arguably they've got one of the best rosters in football at the moment. And, yeah. you know, if they can take that next step on, they could be in that, you know, AFC Championship game this year. So I thought they might have had a few more games. Washington um, is, is, is one. Yeah, Washington's a strange one as well, mm-hmm. um, potentially. Uh, two games, Eagles, Dolphins. Seems about right. I'd maybe say the Dolphins could have had three. And then with one game, as we were discussing, so only one primetime game this year, the Jets. Um, you know, they've got Zach Wilson, who they took number two. I think they've got an exciting new roster. They've got uh, Robert Salarin as a new coach. Yeah. You know, they could be they could be quite exciting this year. Uh, my Jags, obviously number one pick there. Urban Meyer, college coach, some different concepts. Could be something interesting there. And the, and the Bengals, I thought, were staggering, actually, given yeah. the offense they're going to be trotting out. I, I was yeah. very much looking forward to watching them this year. Mm-hmm. Um and then the Falcons only have one game, and the Falcons are actually quite good. So it didn't feel right seeing them sitting there. No. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was just interesting to sort of touch upon briefly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Shared, shared some of those points, like you say. I'm, I'm really surprised. Normally, when rookie quarterbacks go high, there's a lot of focus that's mm. thrown on them, rightly or wrongly. But, I, you know, I'd like to see those those quarterbacks um, as often as possible. Um, so I think to not not have as many um, games is is surprising um, to, to me from that front. And like you say, with the, the Bengals as well, you know, I think they, they're going to surprise a few people if, if Burrow does come back healthy. Um, yeah. So I'm surprised to see that as well. Um, in terms of sort of just the schedule... Um, for week one, I kind of uh, picked out a few uh, a few games that I thought are very interesting in week one, which I thought I t- we could touch on. Um, so the Jets at the Panthers for me is 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 a is a really really interesting one because obviously you've got the the Darnold situation. So the Jets have have traded Darnold after two three two or three years. Um, three years, I think, uh, uh, as their starting quarterback, they've obviously you know decided he's not not for them he can't cut it and traded him and then drafted zach wilson number two overall as his um successor so i think that's you know that's going to be really interesting if 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 donald looks a million dollars and 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 wilson doesn't in that game you know the, the league will probably go oh my god um similarly you know if if donald is an absolute flop and and zach wilson ha- tears it up um, you know, again, the, the, it's going to be a storyline either way. Whatever happens in that game, I thought it's you know it's a really interesting um, week one. Um, yeah, game. absolutely, I definitely agree with that. Um, Dolphins Patriots is another one for me. Uh, a big test for New England early doors. The, the Dolphins, outside of quarterback play, ironically, um, they, they they were really good last year. Um, you know, they for me they made as touched on it before. They've made the switch too early to tour from from um, Fitzpatrick last year and I'm not convinced going forward that their offense is necessarily going to be that great but but they are potentially the Dolphins they've potentially got the best certainly they've got the best defense um in that division and and then everything I think there's this potential there for them to to be rivaling the Bills for for, for that division and I think it'll be a really good test for New England early doors see how Cam looks in year two in that offense and you know they've spent all that money in free agency and it'll be an early test to see how how well they're going to they're going to play um this year 
the the Packers Saints is another great one for me, and I think I, I picked this because potentially this is the kind of like the um, the the Hall of Famers ball. You know, they've lost they've lost potentially between them could have lost Breeze and Rogers at this point because there's no guarantee at this point that Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year. Um, he's saying he's not playing for the Packers. What I'm hearing is the Packers are not going to trade him, so he could potentially be walking away. So there'll be no Rogers and there'll be no Breeze. And you've got these two teams who've been like um, rivals in the playoffs uh, and stuff recently, and been two of the powerhouses in the NFC that that potentially could be trotting out garbage quarterbacks. Um, and um, you know, it could be a sign for what might might come. Um, for those Put some teams. respect on Jameis Winston, Mark. How dare you? From a fantasy point of view, I love him, but you know, he's going to throw six or seven picks in a game, and you know, and I suppose the only saving grace there is they don't have any corners, so maybe he'll do all right, but. Um, yeah, and then and then the last one for me was was really stood out from week one is the Jags and the Texans, and for me the reason for that is it's it's the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. You couldn't have picked a better team. I'm so nervous about that. So nervous. <laughs> the better team for him to go up against in his first. I know. Week, you know, but we if, might lose. <laughs> if you do, I mean, it's worrying, isn't it? But I know. You know, it, it, I'm sure he'll do well, and you know, and I'm sure he'll look good. Um, but yeah, it's the perfect start for him, I think. It is, but I'm still nervous. <laughs> so those were, yeah, those were some of the ones that I, I kind of picked out and thought were really interesting uh, week one fixtures. No, I like it. Uh, I've gone a bit further afield with mine and uh, tried to pick out some different ones. So I'll go chronologically. Uh, week five, got the Bills at the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's Sunday night football on the 10th of October. Um, it doesn't really need much of an introduction, but you know, it's a rematch of the Champ AFC Championship game from last season. Yeah. The Chiefs won 38 24. Um, you've got Mahomes versus Josh Allen. I mean, they're never on the field at the same time, does annoy me a bit when you say that, but um, <laughs> there you go. I'll let people off with it. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if Allen can maintain his um, his form from last season, so we, we should know that fairly quickly. Uh, it'd be great to see what Mahomes looks like. Um, against that new offensive line. Obviously, the Bills have invested heavily in uh, edge, rush edge rushers this draft with uh, Rousseau and uh, uh, Boogie Basham in the second. So it'd be interesting to see if that pays off. Um, so I thought that would be a cracker. Um, week eight, uh, we've got the 49ers at the Bears. So that's at the end of the month, um, 31st of October. So, I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be Trey Lance and uh, Justin Fields yeah. on the pitch. Uh, if it isn't, then we'll just pretend that I ever mentioned it. But um, yeah, that one stood out for me. If it's Lance Fields, I'd, I'd be very keen to see that. Definitely. Uh, see where those teams are. Uh, week 15, uh, we've got the Saints of the Bucks. Jameis Winston revenge game. That is the week before Christmas. So <laughs> chance for Jameis to prove everybody wrong. You know, I'm going to gonna text him after this, Mark. And I'm sure, you know, he listens every week. So he'll have, he'll have heard what he said. Give him yeah. some ammunition. He'll pin it up on his wall. He'll go out and have an amazing season. So uh, <laughs> getting his revenge over the books on the uh, 19th of December in week 15. And then the one that really did stand out for me, and clearly this is a homer pick, but you will see why. Um, Jags at Jets, week 16, Boxing Day. Um, you've got Trevor Lawrence, you've got Zach Wilson, you've got the first overall pick against the second overall pick. It'll be very interesting to see where both those teams are. Yeah. Um, at that point in the season, you know, I think the Jags... I, the, the, there's potential, you know, we could win that division because the Texans are quite frankly awful. Um, yeah. The Colts, you know, they've got Wentz at quarterback. Don't really know how that's going to work out. They've definitely got some questions. Have the Titans really improved? 
I'm not so sure. Um, I think they've gone a bit backwards. I think we've got a really good chance of, you know, Jets too, in theory. I know it's a very strong division that now, you know, with Miami and the Bills and Patriots, potentially the third best team, but it'll be, it'd be interesting to see where Wilson's at and where the Jets are. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the sort of one later in the season that stood out for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love it. I love that one. I think, like you say, it'd be interesting to see where they both are at that point and where mm. their respective teams are and, and then how they're faring in their division. Um, because I, I see the, the AFC East as being a very competitive division. I don't necessarily see with the Bills running away with it or anything like that. I think everybody else has kind of improved. Um, so I think, you know, it could be a very competitive division. I've just got some very quick quirks of the scheduling gods to run through as well if you'll uh, yeah. indulge me um awesome. so credit to gaz for this one he pointed out in our whatsapp group but um the bears have no back-to-back -back road games this season they're the only only the fourth team in the last decade after the 2012 falcons 2013 packers and 2019 ravens uh, and all three of those won their division uh the falcons <laughs> will not be winning their division uh and then um apparently since 2015 the cowboys result on thanksgiving as uh, correlated with their playoff fate. So they won on Thanksgiving and made the playoffs in 2016 and 2018. They lost and missed the playoffs in 2015, 2017, 2019, 2020. Uh, this year at Thanksgiving, they're hosting the Raiders. Uh, they for what it's worth. It. Yeah, exactly. They're 2-0 the two, two, two playing the Ravens on Thanksgiving, one of those useless statistics. <laughs> um, so I thought that was potentially interesting. And then just on strength of schedule, uh, the Steelers have the toughest strength of schedule based on their opponent's winning percentage from 2020, uh, which is 0.574. Um, the team with the toughest strength of schedule has missed the playoffs in each of the last four seasons. 2020, it was the Patriots. They finished 7-9. 2019, it was the Raiders. who finished 7-9. 2018, it was the Packers who finished 6-9-1. and one, So very nearly 7-9. and nine. <laughs> uh, And then in 2017, it was the Broncos who finished 5-11. and 11. Uh, and then on the flip of that, the Eagles have the easiest strength of schedule this year and they don't have to play a single road game against a team that had a winning record last year, which I thought was stunning. Um, so of their 17 opponents next year, only three of them had a winning record in 2020. And also uh, the Eagles won't be flying that much uh, as they won't have to get on a plane for the rest of the season following their week 10 game at Denver, which again, I thought was... It was interesting. They're all local after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think um, this is what this is why, in a way, the NFL is so good, though, because it it, it it's got that level that um, equality thing that happens every time. You know, the best yeah. players, best teams play the best teams, so they tend to regress a little bit. The worst teams play the easy schedule, so they get better, and the picks are the way they are, and all that. So, I mean, that, I'm still not convinced that the Eagles are going to do well, though. <laughs> but let's just put it that way. I don't Me care either. who they're playing or when. Um, they're not going to be very good this year, unfortunately, for Eagles fans out there. All of which leads us seamlessly on to our far too early season picks. Yeah. Um, so let's go. Let's go around. We'll do the AFC first. Um, let's start on the compass. So, not AFC North. Who have you got? Uh, I have the Browns winning the AFC North this year. Okay. Uh, I just think they've got. You know, their roster is incredibly strong. They look a totally different team. They were able to take sort of almost luxury plays in the draft. They didn't really have that many needs. Um, they got their monkey off the shoulder beating the Steelers um, back to back. Um, I could see other teams, you know, the Bengals, I think, will be strong. Um, the Ravens, obviously. I think the Steelers will probably be the fourth place team. I um, I do agree. I think the, the Bengals, I think it's a little bit too early for the Bengals. 
Yeah, I think the Steelers are not a great team. Uh, they, they're really not. You know, if 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 Roethlisberger doesn't play outstanding and their defense doesn't isn't able to carry them, you know, then they're not a great team out, outside of uh, some of that. So I I do agree that the Steelers won't won't do much. Um, but I have the Ravens winning winning the division. I I just until the Browns do it on a consistent basis. You know, they've been so poor for so long. And yes, they were they were breath of fresh air last year. Loved watching them play. But I'm not sold completely on Baker Mayfield. And and, and at the end of the day. Your team in this day and age of football, your team is is the success of your team is is linked to your quarterback play, and and I'm not convinced that he he can you know position them at number one year in year out at the moment. So I've gone for the safe pick really in the Ravens. Can't argue with that at all. Um, AFC East, we see this very very similarly. Um, we've both got the got the Bills here. I think um, despite the fact that I mean. I, I don't have the the record from last year in front of me, but but obviously they they won the division last year. I expect them to do it again, but I don't think it'll be easy as easy like I said before. I think I expect the division to be more equal, but I do still think they have got the best overall squad. Um, and certainly, if if um, Josh Allen plays anywhere near how he played last year, I think they will win the division. Um, I don't expect him to be quite as good. I think there'll be a little bit of great regression there, but. Um, I do still expect them to win win that division. Um, the AFC South, we've got a bit of a difference here. <laughs> That's because um, you're wrong. Because I'm wrong. Um, no, I think it's again. I think it's too too early to be crowning the Jags. Um, oh, say. You know, I, I do. I think, again, the more and more that I hear of Urban Meyer, the more and more I'm scared. Scared. He's by a crazy it. person, isn't he? Yeah, it sounds like it. I, I, for me, I've just gone with what I consider the best roster, and that's the Colts. Um, yes, and the best they, coach, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, you can point to the fact that there's going to be starting Carson Wentz, but you know, I, everyone, the NFL is of. They're not for long. Um, that's what it stands for, isn't it? As in, like, people just have such short memories. You know, how good was he when he first came in at the league? I still believe he can be somewhere near that um, that that level at quarterback. I think if you surround him with the right pieces, like he had in at the Eagles, I think he will do okay. Um, and he's got such a good good team around him, and the defense is good, and they they've got a good running game and all the rest of it. Strong offensive line to be able to run the ball. They won't have to rely on him to throw it fifty times a game or whatever. I just see the the Colts coming out on top in that division. Yeah, they just picked up Eric Fisher, haven't they, in the past week to um, replace yeah. uh, Anthony Costanzo at left tackle, which was was much needed. Otherwise, I think they're rocking out Sam Tevy, who was um, was it Chargers last year. He wasn't particularly um, effective. Uh, blocking. Uh, yeah, I can't argue with that. To be Tell honest. me why the Jags are going to uh, your pick then, apart from the fact that they're your <laughs> Just team. because I, I want it to happen, to be honest. Um, I, th I was looking at the fact, I think you alluded to it before, so we'll have the fourth place schedule. So in those terms, our schedule is, is relatively yep. decent, uh, looking at it from that point of view. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, I'm, uh, I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I think he's got some weapons. He's got DJ Chark, who I think is a True number one receiver. He's got Laviska Chenault, who who came out last year, who I think is a bit more of a gadget player, but I think he's very very competent. Uh, looking at last season uh, when we were awful and we were tanking on purpose, even then we lost. I think there were ten games that we lost by less than one score, uh, and in some of those games we were trotting out Jake Luton, um, yeah. which is just an absolute joke. Shows you how much we were trying to tank for. 
Um, we've obviously offensively, we've got ETN, we've got Robinson, just to complement that as well. There's still a massive glaring need at tight end, and we, we won't mention TT uh, yet. We can touch on that later in the offseason. Um, defensively, um, you know, picked a, picked a corner. Do I think we're great defensively? Probably not, but, you know, linebacker were very strong. I think we're stronger than we were last season. Urban Meyer does concern me. He's never never coached in the NFL before, but I think some of those college concepts will really help out Lawrence. He's got Etienne there as his safety net, who he knows incredibly well from playing with him at Clemson all those years. Uh, I don't believe we'll win the division, but I think we might be in the mix, and I just wanted to put that positive energy out there into the <laughs> I think if you like you said if you if your defense was what it was like when Blake Bortles took you to the AFC championship yeah. game then I think you'd, you'd arguably be favorites at this point but your defense isn't isn't quite there at the moment is it it's dropped off a bit um and no, so but but, but like you say, your strength of schedule will help and and if you if you split the games in the division I can see you beating the um the Titans as I say, I think they they are going to regress, and I think you know if you if you were to have a good game against um, the Colts, I could see you beating them. So I think it's up for I think it is up for um, anyone's really, but I do fancy the the Colts. And I think it's probably going to be the worst division in football, truth be told. So it, it then could to, very well be. top of that mediocre pile, really. Yeah, and um, AFC West, we I mean, there's not much to say. I think. Um, at the moment, with Broncos starting the quarterback, that they have the only real challenge to the Chiefs is um, is the Chargers, in my opinion. I think they've got a very good roster. And if Herbert plays like he did last year, I do think they will be a challenge. I don't see us winning 13, 14, 15 games this year because I can see the, the Chargers, you know, being much tougher and um, possibly you know, taking a game off of us or, or, or even two potentially. You know, I think they, they could be that good. But I do see the Chiefs winning the division. I, I don't think that you know, people have done enough to catch us up. We've, we've, we've strengthened that offensive line. And we've also um, potentially in Cornell Powell got an absolute steal in the draft if he can um, if he can actually learn the offense and be the number number two wide receiver um, in, in um, Sammy Watkins' absence. I think we've, you know, we've potentially improved on offense there. So so I do see the Chiefs being, you know, winning that division, albeit not at a canter maybe like they have done recently. Uh, same, I see the Chargers being the nearest nearest challenger. Um, but yeah, I think the Chiefs just could be too strong. What I do like about the Chiefs is that clearly that offensive line was a massive issue in the Super Bowl. But rather than go out and kind of hope that Fisher came back and um, you know hope that Mitchell Schwartz came back, they've gone out and they've identified it. They were in for in the mix of Trent Williams. They didn't get that. Didn't get him. That never came off. But they went straight back out, picked up Orlando Brown. Uh, they got Joe Tooney. He was possibly the, you know the best guard available in free agency. Uh, bringing Kyle Long out of retirement is probably a bit of a gamble, but you know if, if Duvernay Tardif comes back, you can slot him in. Um, so yeah, I really like that. That was a position of weakness, and now I would say that's that's quite a big position of strength. I do think. Yeah, that the... Sorry, Bob. I was just going to say that um, I'm, I, I agree that it's, it's definitely positive what they did. I'm slightly concerned about the amount of money they had to spend to do it, and what they might even then have to spend on Orlando Brown. And yeah. there's risk there that if he doesn't play particularly well that we, we might not we might not even extend him potentially then then you're talking about a, a one-year rental for your first round pick which is a little bit um devastating from my point of view but we'll have to see how, how that how that goes yeah yeah um yeah i think the charges will be the closest challengers like we said uh, they've made some good moves as well um yeah and um, so then the nfc so we'll go to nfc north and um, 
you've got the bears. Yeah, um, I, I think I, I, I'm probably going to change it actually, if I'm honest, and go Vikings. I'm thinking. Uh, okay. So this is all this is all based on Aaron Rodgers not playing for Green Bay, which is everything we're hearing. Uh, the reason I had the Bears in there was, you know, I was thinking if Fields came in, but I'm thinking Dalton will probably end up playing eight games. The rest of the roster probably isn't strong enough at the moment. Um, uh, the Vikings, I think, have been there, have done it. I think Mike Zimmer's a very good coach. Kurt Cousins, for all the abuse he gets, um, you know, he's a very... You know, he's a steady quarterback. He's maybe not going to wow you and thrill you, but he's not going to cost you any games. You know, they're trying out uh, Adam Thielen, Jamad, um, Justin Jefferson, at wide receiver, very strong. Dalvin Cook, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. Um, the defense is strong. Um, but yeah, and if Rodgers isn't at the Packers, if they're starting Jordan Love, the Bears, I think, will be frisky. I think the Bears will be close. I think the Bears might be there or thereabouts, uh, clearly, because I put them down <laughs> initially. Uh, and the Detroit Lions are just going to suck so yeah. um no I, the lions are not going to it's way too early for them to be doing anything I, you know we'll see what happens with the lions i mean arguably like you say if rogers doesn't play and um, the vikings will have the best quarterback in theory certainly in this year maybe not looking to the future with fields but in terms of this first you know this field's first year you don't expect him to be um you know come straight up to speed necessarily so they've arguably got the best quarterback for this one year uh, the vikings but i still went for the packers i think Despite what I said earlier in, in terms of I don't necessarily expect the Pat, him to come back because I think he's a stubborn son of a gun, Rogers, and, and he said what he said and he doesn't want to play for them. But I don't know. Part of me just thinks until it happens, I can't quite believe that he'll walk away. So I think I've kind of said the Packers on the basis that somehow I expect that to work out. Um, and also, if it doesn't, they've signed Blake Bottles. So, you know, hoorah. <laughs> um, so then the NFC East, uh, we've both gone the same way here. I think um, with the with the football team, it was it was close for me because I do I, I do rate Dak and that offense, um, the Cowboys. So I, I, it was close, but I just feel that the, the football team's defense was so strong last year and will will be potentially even better this year that they're gonna they're gonna put they're not gonna have to score that many points but potentially with Fitzpatrick if if he can if he can kind of get his head around that offense early doors and and, and play well they could be really really strong Washington yeah. um, so I I do think that they start the favorites for me same reasons for me Fitzpatrick's an upgrade at quarterback from Dwayne Haskins or Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen or whoever. Um, you know, he's going to have Terry McLaurin to 30. He's going to have Diami Brown, who they picked up in the draft. Cam Sims, I think, made some good plays last season. They've got some weapons. Got Antonio Gibson at running back, who I think is potentially you know, quite underrated there. A great season for them last season. And yeah, defensively, they're just so strong. Um, mm. And Ron Rivera, you know, he's been a bow. He's been to a Super Bowl. I think Ron Rivera is a very good coach and he'll, he'll yeah. do what he can to get the best out of them. Do like the Cowboys as well. I'm totally with you, but I'm, I'm not sure they've really improved the defense. Um, I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast today, and um, Steve Weish called them the Alice Cowboys. So A double L A S without the D, which I thought was quite good. Um, I know they, they went and picked up a couple of linebackers, but they were fine at linebacker. Linebacker wasn't the issue last season. It was. Well, it was I, I don't know. I know, I don't, I know. but it wasn't. I don't know it wasn't I them. 
wasn't killing them. They no, it wasn't their worst. Secondary, that's where they needed it. Yeah, no, it wasn't their worst area on defense, but it was. They've still massively upgraded, in my opinion, and I, th I think there wasn't a value necessarily to go anywhere else. But um, yeah, and but I do agree that, that defensively they're not good enough. Um, You're asking Dak to score 35, 40 points a game. It's, it's which he was doing. Um, he was but... injured, to be fair to him, but you can't expect that. No, so no. I do. I do think the football team start the favourites. Um, NFC South. Um, I think anybody who doesn't say that at this point, you know, is um, is probably out of their mind or clearly picking for for their own team. So we'll we'll skip over over that. And then um, the NFC West. It's notoriously um, difficult to pick. Mm, um, sometimes, sometimes for good reasons. Um, in terms of you know three teams being really good and Arizona being at the bottom. That's kind of how it's been of recent. But but I think it's going to be a lot closer. Um, I really struggled to pick this, same, and I yeah. think the reason that the reason that I've gone with the Rams, who who's the same as you think, uh, there is, is I think that, I mean, Forty Nine ers I think will will could could quite easily win this division. I think the Seahawks is a bit of a stretch, but I for me it's between the Rams and the Forty Nine ers, and and now I'm kind of questioning myself and thinking actually do I think the Forty Nine ers be. But but I think it's yeah it's a bit of a toss up. Um, the Rams defense is is very good, and I think with Stafford there potentially at quarterback is is definitely an upgrade on what they've had recently. And I think that's what probably pushed me towards them. But if the 49ers won the division, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, same. I'm very intrigued to see what Matt Stafford can do in that offense. Um, so I think he's a, he's a he's a big upgrade from Jared Goff, and I, I, I kind of want him to be successful. I think he deserves to have some success after this his yeah. career so far. I think he's he's unfairly yeah. maligned. Uh, they've obviously got a very strong defence there. They did lose Brandon Staley to the Chargers. So that'll hurt them some. Uh, I didn't like them picking Tutu Atwell uh, in the drafts. So <laughs> that was a crazy decision. But you've got McVeigh there. You, you know, they're returning to good players. Cam Akers had a, you know, a broke out sort of later in the season at running backs. So they've got, got yeah. that position nailed down. Um, yeah, I just believe in them a bit more. Niners, yeah, absolutely. I went back and forth on. Kyle Shanahan has only had one winning season since he took over. Admittedly, he did turn to the Super Bowl in that winning season. And it has all been when Jimmy Garoppolo's got injured, uh, which is why they've got Lanton as the backup, yeah. um, potentially, for this season. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Niners won it. Yeah, Seahawks are slightly more surprising, just with where they are at the moment. Um, yeah. But, you know, Pete Carroll's a genius, and if anybody can, can coach that team up, it, it's going to be Pete Carroll. And then, yeah, the Cardinals... I'm with you, as you said earlier. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's took them on a lot, so I think they might be Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, the GM, might be looking for work this time next year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, okay then. So that kind of wraps up our our picks. Feel free to tell us how wrong you think we are and uh, and all the rest of it. Um, with that, if you uh, have any strong opinions either way. So uh, that I guess that just leaves me with the whinge of the week. It's my turn, and I think. Um, I am going to touch on something you mentioned very briefly, um, and those who weren't concentrating and listening hard won't necessarily have picked up on it, but TT. Uh, the magic that is Tim Tebow um, has obviously signed for, for the Jags. Now, let me just preface this by saying that I, I am a big Tebow fan on some levels, right? I love the guy. He's the most positive person I think I've ever met. And outside of his kind of holiness um, that he, he kind of presents all the time, which I don't particularly like, um, I do think he's, you know, he's a really good guy. And I was pulling for him when he when he was in the NFL. 
Um, even though he was at the Broncos, you know, I always like to see him do well. Um, thought he, I thought he did it differently, obviously. Um, and it was really intriguing to see him play absolutely awful for three and a half quarters and then somehow mount these ridiculous comebacks in the fourth quarter. I, you know, I was such a Tebow fan. And, um, but he's he's been out of the NFL for however many years, um, eight years. Twenty twelve was the last um, time. Really, nine years. Then he's thirty odd years old. He yes, people will say, oh yeah, well he's really athletic, and he's, well, no, he can run through people, but I don't see him as an athletic person. Um, I don't, I just don't see this working out. And I think what's happened here, I think it's Urban Meyer trying to be clever, and so it's kind of a Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer whinge this in that some people have sort of said that. What what Urban Meyer is doing is it's genius because he's got Tebow and all the focus is going to be on Tebow and it's not going to be on Lawrence and therefore Lawrence isn't going to have all this pressure being the number one pick and having to carry the franchise. My view on that is if your quarterback and the number one overall pick can't take the pressure of being the number one overall pick, you put you pick the wrong person. Yeah. And so it's it's just nonsense. It's fluff. It's not needed. He isn't gonna he isn't gonna do anything um, unless he's got visions of him playing like a Taysom Hill role or something but then you're taking away from one of Lawrence's strengths because he can run the ball I just I just don't get it and I think it's a stupid move um, yeah I just don't get it I don't get it either but I don't think it matters I don't think he's going to make the roster I don't think we'll be talking about this come week two of the of the of the season to be perfectly honest I think if he was going to do this he should have done this Nine years ago, but yeah. equally, I'd have seen him more as a maybe as a middle linebacker, maybe mm-hmm. not a tight end. You know, just with his, he's, he'll run through anything. He'll just keep, like you said, he's so competitive and he's, he so wants to play and wants to do it. I, I yeah. could see him, you know, being a bit of a linebacker, maybe tight end potentially, but not now, not at thirty-three years old. Um, well, I was I was listening to a podcast. I forget which one it was uh, earlier on in the week, and they were talking about this and the fact that outside of quarterback. Tight end is potentially one of the hardest positions to play because really? you've got to you've got to know you're obviously an, at the end of the line and you've got to understand all the blocking assignments together with all the wide you know all the receiving alignments and things like that and it's quite a technical um, position and Tim Tebow has kind of proven that he can't really play and get that technical um, side from a quarterback from his time in the league and that was when he was in his prime. I just don't see him. You know, converting to that tight end and it working, I really don't. I think it's somewhat of a publicity stunt and it's just not needed. So do I. I I ultimately don't think it matters. Um, He's not going to be there. Um, But, but, yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Yeah, 45,000 people added him to um, their fantasy rosters. No way. Well, apparently 40,000 have added Blake Bortles to their fantasy rosters. (laughs) I mean, like... Crazy. It, it just proves that um, at this point in the year, from a fantasy football point of view, there's not a lot going on, is there, if you're picking up Tim no. Tebow? Mm, no. <laughs> so, on that um, obvious fourth down conversion, I think we will uh, we will call it a day um, on the 4th and Wingers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Catch you next time. See ya.